Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to please leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the great introduction and to our guy, Mike Regina, for the wonderful intro music as always. So let's get right to it. Let me welcome in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. I'm scared to ask this, but how are you feeling today? Today, in particular, I feel good. I know we're not going to talk uh, about Marsh Madness in the Final Four. I don't know how that happened in the show. That's why I think they need to strip you of your producer title. You were but in the production meeting. You no, I wasn't. I, didn't I have the text message. I've been busy. I didn't make it. I, I didn't make it. You know damn well do, I didn't make this. Do meeting. you want me to let everyone see the text messages you sent me? There was not one NCAA Final Four now topic you have, on there. You have attorney-like intelligence. You know you can't do that. Yes, I but, can. There's no attorney-client privilege. There's no uh, business associate privilege here. Like, damn, no you privilege. just sound like somebody I can't trust. I feel like I shouldn't talk to you unless it's on the air. Damn. See, that's why you can't trust people. Don't forget, but I, I, have want... editing, I have editing abilities, too. So even what you do say <laughs> or I say, I can edit it. This man holding on to the director's cut. But, yeah, let's just say... Um, RIP to our favorite teams, Florida State Seminoles. Oh, I know see Ohio ya, State Buckeyes ya, already State. lost. Already lost, but uh, it, this hurts me to say RIP to the Michigan Wolverines. I know they had some fans out there that really, really thought this was their year, and Michigan did Michigan things. So, uh, RIP to those wow, guys. This guy taking cheap shots right off the bat. Can I check with you on one thing, too? How's your bracket looking? Because I know everyone's is, is messed up, but, like, how are you looking on the Final Four? Bro, it was you done. you have anybody in there? It was done. Uh, yeah, Gonzaga. It was done the very first day. That whole right side of the bracket was destroyed. <laughs> I feel like your bracket was done as soon as Arkansas struggled in their first game. Because you were texting me. You were like, oh, I shouldn't have picked Arkansas. Did they pull it out? Nah, I had faith. The they still got to the oh, Elite did. Eight. They still got to the – hey, they did better than your uh, – Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State pick. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say they did. And but... Michigan did better than your Florida State pick. So, I'm, I'm, I'm winning. I'm still winning, bro. I mean, did they? They only went one more game, but – Doesn't matter. They beat your Florida State team. Can we start right. the show? Can we get yeah, into go the ahead. topics? I just wanted to All check right. and make sure that you got your bracket straight, but apparently yours is like mine. It's not any good. I quit looking at it after the second game on that uh, Friday afternoon. <laughs> so let's start with some NFL, though. Let's start with some football. Last week, the 49ers made a big splash. They traded their first-round pick this year, which was number 12 overall, along with their first-round picks in 2022 and 2023, and their third-round compensatory pick in 2022 because they lost Robert Sala to the, um, to the Jets. Um, so in the deal, they get in return from the Dolphins, the number three overall pick in this year's draft. So the Dolphins then later traded the number 12 pick, which they got from the 49ers to the Eagles, along with a fourth round pick in this year's draft. And in return, the Dolphins received a, um, or I'm sorry, and the Dolphins JT gave up a 2022 first round pick the one they got from the 49ers to the Eagles. In return, they get the number six overall pick and a fifth-round pick this year. So let's first start with what what was your reaction to the move by the 49ers? So let me just make sure I got this straight. So 49ers traded with us to get to number three. We went to number 12. Then we traded the pick that we got from them to get back up to number six, and the Eagles are stuck at number 12, right? Well, you get you picked up one extra first round pick. 
you you picked up two extras from the and 49ers, but you gave one to Philly. So in the end, you moved down three spots and you picked up the uh, 2023 first round pick from the Niners. This is why you should be on NFL Network, because I feel they spent all day trying to explain this and you did it in 10 seconds. So congratulations. Good job to you. Uh, this is why I don't pay you, but somebody pays you. Well, I appreciate it. No one pays me, but I appreciate that. But I thought it was a little confusing the way I was saying it, but I appreciate it. You just made me feel good. Confusing Thanks, as hell. Um, so wow. <laughs> my reaction my reaction yeah. to the 49ers, a uh, couple things. One, I think that Kyle Shanahan, he can say whatever he wants because I feel like him and John Lynch are trying to, you know, coddle Jimmy G's ego in the media. You know, hey, like, we love you, but, you know, it doesn't mean this. This means they're done with you. And then – this also means that Shanahan believes that the starting quarterback of the future for his team is in this draft. So that's why he's moving up to number three to make sure they get him. Also, this tells me that they are thinking for the future a couple of years from now when they're going to have a lot of guys that are going to come up for extensions that they're going to have to pay. So uh, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. Um, McGlinchey. So those guys' extensions are going to come up pretty soon. They're going to be expensive. So one way to get those done is having a quarterback on a rookie deal. So killing two birds with one stone on the 49ers side. So I don't like it. And it's basically for the reason what you said. A lot of guys are going to be coming up with extensions, contracts. I always tell you this, JT defensive windows, the great defenses nowadays, you know, not talking the seventies or the eighties nowadays, that window is small, right? We saw it with the Denver Broncos. They could you've only been give, pushing that for, they, I feel like you've been pushing that for a couple of years. They, I they bought can, into it, but I feel like it's law. Like somebody should put that as like the NFL, like analyst, like rule, like defenses that are great only last like two and a half years, max. And, and I think that's where the 49ers are. So you need a QB right now that needs to win now, which no offense to any of those rookies. I don't know if they're the ones that can do it right now. So why don't you continue to build that defense or get him pieces? So for example, if I was the 49ers at number 12, why not stay there and try to get a Kyle Pitts or a receiver? There's multiple receivers that are going to fall to you or even more so Go get that defensive lineman because that's where you suffered last year. The pass rush was awful. Now I know well, it was Bosa, because of the injuries. Well, well it wasn't. Well, if hardly, that team was healthy last year, I mean, it's the same defense from last year. It no, dominant. no, 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 no. You lost Buckner, right? Like, but you there, replaced him a lot with Kinlaw. In in now, yeah, but he didn't have the same effect. And now you lose Solomon Thomas. Now he didn't live up he to the lost. number. He didn't live up to the number three, but that gave you depth at number twelve. Go get a Jalen Phillips. By the way, that guy is going to be a monster in the NFL. As long or, as he stays healthy. Well, that's everyone, right? Or Jay, or uh, you could even go Gregory Rousseau. Like, I think the Niners made a mistake moving up for a QB because they even said Jimmy G is their guy. You got to play it out this year. Get the pieces in the win right now. Can you imagine Kittle and Pitts? Now, Pitts at number 12, I like. We talked about it last week. Pitts at number three, I don't like. But Pitts at number 12 with Kittle? He oh, my goodness. Forget about it. You know what's so funny? You bring up great points, but I want to go back to one little small thing you said. You brought up Solomon Thomas. He was like, what, like the number three or four three, pick? Three, number three. How much of this do you think is they feel like with that pick, the quarterbacks that came out of that draft, so you got Mahomes, Watson, even Trubisky, like quarterbacks, that, that was a decent quarterback draft by, by, by historical standpoint. Uh, standards yeah how much of this do you think is them making up for not taking a quarterback at number three back then and they're overcompensating right now yeah it's a great point and, you, and you're probably right but it's it's the old adage you can't throw bad money after bad money like okay you already messed up with that number three pick and missed out on a quarterback that does, but that doesn't mean this class is going to be that class i mean but if you're we never know how classes are going to turn out obviously but I mean, if we're going to say a class has potential to be good, I mean, this one is. is as good as any. That's true. But think about it this way. That defensive window closes, and you started to see it last year. I don't care what you say. 
That secondary is a little bit older. Would they lose Richard Sherman? Like you, that's leadership there. I agree with you on the defensive thing, but here's the thing: their defensive window didn't close because you know people got too big and they had to move on. It closed because people got hurt. And no, I don't, no, I don't, I don't totally agree with that. Yeah, One guy. I mean, who shoot. else got hurt? Who else got hurt beside Bosa? Uh, Bosa got hurt. Um, I know a couple of corners got hurt. Um, yeah, see, the line. The you linebackers can't. were banged up throughout the year. I think Fred Warner was the only healthy linebacker they had. Shoot, they lost, what, two or three defensive linemen in that game alone that Bosa went down. Okay. Well, Solomon Thomas got hurt last year. Eight, and again, though, you just said, oh, you you kind of just rolled with your them, eyes when with, I said his name. So, again, with them, I, I think I think, I think their window was closed players. because I think they brought in bad pieces. Like, the D4 thing, like, that didn't work out. He's another guy that was hurt. So – I, it wasn't because they they were dominant and then they dispersed because of contract. I just think they got lucky the one year and then it just kind of went haywire with injuries and people just didn't pan out to be as good. All right, well, let's talk about your Dolphins. What did you think of uh, their trade moves uh, leading up to this draft? What was your reaction? Getting out of the number three spot I loved. I mean, we've been talking about this for months. I mean, I don't. I don't think we should be picking at that spot. We don't have anything that pressing in the top three. So I like that. I just don't understand why we traded back up to get to number six. That's the confusing part to me because everything the Dolphins have done for the past few years leads leads me to believe they're smart. So Greer, Flores, they know what they're doing. I'm going to play devil's advocate. And that's my he, job you can't play both all right i won't play devil's advocate i'll do this i'll just pretend the dolphins are doing the smart things that i think that they've been doing and this is just another move in that 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 line of decisions they've made i believe they went to number six because they strongly believe that somebody in the top five is going to make a major mistake and they're going to have options at that number six pick and i think they just want to sit right outside the range of where all the the high-end guys are going and see how it shakes out. Who falls? And then if somebody falls that they don't need, who's going to trade up so they can acquire more picks? Well, someone's going to fall to them because you're looking at potential. For sure, three well, quarterbacks quarterback. going. Well, but three quarterbacks are going for sure, possibly four. So you're going to have pretty much the pick of the litter of of any other Non-quarterback position. elite prospects yeah. on the board. But at some point, JT, I, I'm not criticizing for the move. Like they, they. Oh, I'm criticizing them for this move. I didn't like moving up to number six. But, but on, overall, go, though, I'm saying just overall, though, do you like it or not? Because you did pick up a, a 2023 first round pick. Yeah, I, I like that we picked up a million first round draft picks. I feel like we have two for the next three years. All right. So also to why this, I don't like moving up to number six as much is. To me, this pretty much kills the Deshaun Watson situation. To me, this says it's dead. Well, listen, at some point, you gotta you gotta make selections with all those picks that you traded for, right? I mean, we like, made three they, last they got, year in the first they, round. How many but, more selections do you want? But you need to start building that that foundation. You can't just do it on three first round picks, which again, I don't think you hit it on all three first round picks in my yeah, opinion we didn't hit on what's his name but, uh festus Aguanagi. we didn't hit on that one but like this isn't madden you just don't keep accumulating picks like oh i'm gonna get this and then trade this first round pick for this guy and like no you need to start to trust your scouts and make the selections and listen if you can get Devonte smith now at number six i love this move I, you guys need a playmaker. When's the last time you had a true playmaker? Brandon Marshall, you always tell me. That's 2011. It's a decade. I was still in law school at the time, JT. That's how long ago it was. Like, you, yeah, you're still thinking of a playmaker, right? You need a playmaker. Don't tell me, oh, let's go get this guy on defense or this O-lineman. At this point, just get a playmaker for just the sake of the Dolphin fans. Get them excited for once. Make that sexy pick, right? So, hold on. So, num- really quick. Number six, it's Smith, Sewell, Fields, or Jamar Chase. Which one are you going with? Oh, Devontae Smith all day. All right. You know that. You know that. I- I'm not hesitating. Listen, you essentially dropped three spots and picked up only a first and a third round pick. And to be honest, that first round pick in 2023, according to JT, they're going to get a quarterback that leads them to the promised land. That's going to be a very low 
like late first round pick, right? So you need a stud at number six here. Like Penny Sewell, he's he could be a great offensive lineman. I'm not sure. Offensive linemen are always hard to judge, but you've got Devontae Smith. Yeah, but usually the guys who consensus say are good, they turn out to be good. Tony Mandarich. Okay, one guy 10, 20 one, years ago. One guy. What one guy? We should do we should do another. We're not gonna talk about it now. We're gonna do another show where we're just gonna we should break down bus by position and see see which positions usually buzz i don't think offense alignment is one of them when they get taken high they usually pan out pretty well mm. so i don't mind it if you still get Devonte smith at six um but we'll see what they do now who do you think speaking of what do we think they're going to do who do you think the 49ers take at number three now and who do the dolphins take at number six real quick give us a name for you well, shoot uh if you would have asked me Two days ago, my answer would have been different, but I mean, you have to take Justin Fields at number three. There's no way around that. Um, I'm gonna Dolph- go. Let, let me let me jump in there. I'm gonna go Trey Lance. Like, still think it's Lance. He, yeah, I mean, his pro day. I I know everyone loved Fields' pro day, but Lance Trey Lance's pro day was pretty amazing too, supposedly. And this is the big reason why. Big guy who is mobile enough with an arm. Does it remind you of someone? Yeah, Justin Fields, Matt Ryan. <laughs> Matt Ryan, who oh, was mobile, who, Matt who Ryan. Was mobile enough, mobile, mobile enough. Matt Ryan, Kyle Shanahan. Yo, snatch this man, Mike. You ought to, it's, it's Trey Lance. Trey <laughs> Lance. said made no sense. I said you described Justin enough. Fields, I but said, gave the award to Matt Ryan. No, I gave it to Trey Lance. Go. Who do you got the Dolphins? Because we know you love talking about the Dolphins. At six, this is tough, man. Um, I actually don't see us making the pick, but – if we are going to do it, I say it's Justin Fields because there's a chance that Trey Lance could go at number three. I think Fields can slide. I don't think you take Fields. I think you go Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. I think you butcher the pick at six. <laughs> okay, you want me to want me to scream at you for that? No, I mean, I, go, go to the next topic. I gave you my guys, Pitts or Jamar Chase. If you, if you want to say something great, you've already spoken enough in this segment, so just go to number two. All right, so we're sticking with the draft. We're sticking with the theme of quarterbacks. So this year, we've already talked about it. There's a plethora of quarterbacks available. Uh, many mock drafts have Trevor Lawrence going number one overall to the Jags, which we all expect. Uh, however, there's always some person that loves to say something crazy during this time that everybody runs with. So this It's year, usually me, JT. Why is he stealing my thunder here? Man, ain't nobody listening to you. So it's uh, this year, it's Chris Sims. And... Uh, <laughs> It's crazy what he said, but he had previously said that uh, he would have Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU, rated as his number one quarterback in this class over Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I don't even know where to go with this. Do you agree with him? Listen, it's it's actually hard to argue against Chris Sims. He loved Mahomes in 2017. He had Lamar as the top QB prospect in 2018, and he loved Herbert over Tua and Jordan Love. So in my opinion, he's three for three right there, JT, in the past, what, three years? Three out of four yes, years. That would three for three would be three years, yes. Three of the past four years. But anyway, no way, though, can you pass on Trevor. So Jacksonville still has to go with him. I mean, you know, he he one of the things I think you mentioned, Chris Sem said, oh, he's more accurate than Trevor. Listen. Zach Wilson was 247 of 336 passing this year. Trevor was 231 of 334. Not a huge difference. And it would be like the Colts passing on uh, Peyton Manning for Ryan Leaf just because Leaf had, you know. The, he was that exciting the, guy that yeah, was he, bringing new stuff to the table. Exactly, exactly. So you will never live it down if you take Zach Wilson, even if he turns out to be a pretty good quarterback, but Trevor ends up, being what everyone thinks he can be, no way you would ever live it down. Still can't have him as the number one, meaning Zach Wilson. And I think he's awesome, but still Trevor's got to be number one. I like how you went to the stats on his predictions. I actually did not know that, but I mean, that gives him a little bit more credibility with me when you say it that way. Um, Wait, how though? Because Trevor, Trevor had 
almost similar numbers as no, Zach no, I was Wilson. talking about Chris Sims, what he said about uh, about picking quarterbacks, what you said about he said he liked such and such over oh, this okay. quarterback in the got draft. You. Got you. So it gives his words a little bit more weight than they previously did. But the part of his statement that I that kind of turned me off was basically he was saying that he turned on Trevor Lawrence tape and he expected him to be perfect and he made mistakes. And he's saying that Zach Wilson's game is ready for the NFL right now. So one, you're trying to tell me Trevor Trevor Lawrence isn't ready for the NFL right now. No GM or scout is going to agree with you on that. And then two, are you trying to tell me that you turned on Zach Wilson's tape? And you didn't see any mistakes. He just completed every pass, made every perfect throw. No, you wanted to go turn on the Coastal Carolina game from last year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had some bad throws in that game too. So you're right. Like the Jags, you shouldn't even be listening to this. Some guys, based on the hype around them and the history of how they've been, you know, propped up since high school, got to take them number one overall. And nobody's going to blame me if they're a bust. Trevor Lawrence is that type of guy, because if you don't take him and Zach Wilson is good, but Trevor Lawrence is also good, they're going to they're going to ream you for that. So you have to go with Trevor Lawrence in this situation. We'll get to Zach Wilson and his Coastal Carolina game, but. I'll we might talk about that right now, though. But let's go to Zach Wilson since he seems to be everyone's just Hall of Fame guy right now. They're ready to put. You're speechless. You're speechless. Yeah, I'm speechless because I can't believe like whatever. Listen, you <laughs> act like this never happens. This happens every year. A guy has a great pro day, but it started. Before he has the one pro day, great forty yard dash or a vertical that's it, out of the roof. It started before the pro day. Now, don't get me wrong. I think he's good. I think he can play for sure, but. I feel like ever since December, like they basically been saying he's the number two, number two pick in the draft. And he's getting to the point where now they're thinking he's equal with Trevor. I don't get it. But do you think the hype with him is overblown at this point? No, the guy started three seasons this past year. He had a completion percentage of 73 and a half percent, 33 touchdowns, only three interceptions, almost 3,700 passing yards. He's gifted athletically. He is tough. All right. He he's a winner and he has. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, what's the it factor? I don't know. But he has the it factor. He the scouts guys, say he has it. He gets guys to rally around him. When he's on the field, he makes plays when you need it. He can take a broken play and make it a winning play. And, you know, I, I want to go back to that Coastal Carolina game because everyone bashes him for it. OK, yeah. He was 19 of 30, 240 yards, a touchdown and an interception. And a lot of people are like, that was his toughest game and he failed. The week, I heard this all around national radio this week. JT, did we forget? They found out about that game on a Thursday, traveled cross country to play a Saturday night game on the road against an undefeated team. He had less than 48 hours to prepare. The whole team had less than 48 hours to prepare. It's amazing he had those stats and that they almost won the game. We act like Coastal Carolina was nothing. They were one of the better teams this year. And, again, I will repeat it. They had 48 hours only to prepare for. A lot of people complain, oh, a Monday night game, and now we got to play a Sunday at 1 o'clock. That's not enough time. That's six days. These guys had 48 hours and had to travel literally Utah to Carolina. That is Across literally almost, almost, I say, the entire nation, the entire country. Like, I don't know what else you want from I the guy. You're going to bash him for into taking Zach Wilson number one. No, he, he's going number two. And the Jets are right for making that move. So, no, he's not overhyped. And don't come at me with that Coastal Carolina game because that's, that's a losing cause. Well, it depends on who you ask. No, you, no. Have them come ask me. I will give you those stats <laughs> and that reason. 48 hours, JT. Come on. That is, Man, that is absurd. That goes to show you. That, that goes to show you the mentality of that team and of that quarterback saying, you know what? Let's go. Let's go ball. Let, we'll, we'll, we'll play anybody anytime. Doesn't matter how much time you give us. That's the type of guy that you want. That's the type of guy the Jets have not had probably since Joe Namath. I will say I do think it's his – stock is overblown a little bit at this point i mean i think he's a top four pick no doubt about it at this point because he's a quarterback but i just want to know first of all how did he jump justin fields like that's what i want to know because justin fields has always been the number two what did fields do 
that Wilson didn't do because Fields went all the way to a national championship game and he looked good in the playoffs against Trevor Lawrence. So that's first. And then also to Trey Lance two years ago, I know he didn't play last year, but two years ago, didn't throw a single turnover in a game all season. So like how, like what has Zach Wilson done to jump those guys right now? What I'm seeing is, okay, I'll give you your thing. He showed up 48 hours to play the coastal Carolina. He showed grit. All the scouts say he's good. Really, I feel like what it is is the Jets feel comfortable with him, and he made one throw that went viral. Like, literally all the quarterbacks can make that throw now. Like, throwing off-platform, running to one side. Like, all these mobile quarterbacks can make that throw now, and everybody went wild because he made the throw. It was a great throw, but, I mean, let's not act like, okay, that automatically makes you the number two quarterback, possibly number one in the draft. And I think that's what's overblown. Also, another thing that I I know has been talked about before, but I feel like if this were Justin Fields, this would get more publicity. Don't forget, I don't know if you remember, back in December, Anonymous Scout came out and they basically were talking bad about him as a prospect with his like off-field concerns. They were talking about possibility of drugs, him being a spoiled rich kid, him not being likable, him being arrogant. And I feel like, those come out all the time. And then usually like teams use that to like, kind of like lower a person's draft stock. But I feel like it's not even being talked about, you know, why? Cause Adam Schefter came on and said, you know, some guy that told him that he talked to said it wasn't true. So Adam Schefter can now just, you know, all of a sudden remove any, re- any report that comes out about you. I just feel like everything with Zach Wilson at this point feels a little bit, manufactured as far as like how high he's risen how there's no there's no dirt on him there's nothing everybody's just it's just all good with what he does like nobody's saying anything negative about him and now it could be rightfully so but to me that's just a little odd that's not true for anybody and you know even trevor lawrence is taking some heat in terms of again chris sims calling not calling him out but kind of pointing out his weaknesses and you say well you know, what has Zach Wilson done that jumps Trey Lance and Justin Fields? Trey Lance didn't play. All right. Now, part of it was the team's fault. And then the other part was his decision, his decision. So, again, I'm saying Zach Wilson probably doesn't opt out. I can't say 100 percent sure. And I understand why Trey Lance did it. So that's one. And then you say Justin Fields. Listen, I know he played a shortened season, 2,100 yards, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. What did Zach Wilson do again? 33 touchdowns, three picks, almost 3,700 yards. But this is why, JT, you talked about that Clemson game. And Justin Fields did show me something there where he played hurt. Was 22 of 28, 385 yards, six touchdowns and interception. But the other three games to end the year, three of the four, take out the Clemson one, Michigan State, Northwestern, Alabama. His best total, 199 yards. Three touchdowns total, two interceptions. In you want to games. see now you want to use the oh the 48 hour great travel to coastal carolina but that's one game michigan but state he can, but, but here justin fields played a shortened season they didn't even know if they were going to play football and i Big understand Ten. that so i'm not holding the 22 touchdowns and six picks but michigan state jt he threw 199 two touchdowns northwestern when they needed him the most if that was any other offense on northwestern they would have smoked ohio state he was 12 of 27, 114 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. You know who won that game for them? Trey Sermon in that Northwestern offense because they well, couldn't Trey do anything. Trey Sermon was a beast. And, he's and he's a guy you, that's under the radar. But I will, I will, is, I will say Hold this. on, hold on. Let me finish. Hold on. And, Northwestern in, was in the his defense, best defense. In Justin Fields' defense, I do not think he was 100% healthy toward the end of the season in some of those games. We could, we could say the same for any guy at that point. In fact, okay, but it Justin matters. Fields only played four games. How are you hurt? If you're hurt four games, bro, I don't want you as a top three pick. <laughs> at least Zach Wilson played 11 games. Oh, hey, you, you want, know what? You want you know an what? injury-prone guy? Go ahead, draft him. Draft him. Please, Dolphins, draft him. You end up with Tua and him, great, because you added nothing to help Justin Fields. Good luck, Justin Fields in Miami. At least you don't got to pay state income tax. You know what? This goes perfectly into our next question because I feel that it's just, you know, shit on Justin Fields' time. So, so I'm not even going to. I'm not it's even gonna, not. I'm, not I'm going to explain read, why. Go. I'm not even going to read anything you told me to read. I am specifically just asking you the question Is Justin Fields being underrated or overlooked? 
No. And I'm going to explain why. Because many mock drafts had him at number two to begin with. So you could have flipped it and said, oh, he's being overrated, right? He's already number two. What has he done? He didn't even step on the field until late October. Okay. So that's one. And Zach Wilson did shoot up the board. We see that all the time when someone has a great year. Again, 3,700 yards, 33 touchdowns. But you acting like he had a Joe Burrow type season. Bro, they didn't even have a whole summer camp to work with. Like, I, I don't know what else yeah, you I'm want from you right now. And listen, this man finna take Zach Wilson number one. Justin, I already told you no, but <laughs> you're trying you're trying to dump on him, and and that's not right either. Because Justin Fields, no one no one's knocking him. He's still easily top eight, and you even said it yourself maybe top four, top five. What is wrong with that? You're acting like he's falling out of the first round or dropping like Aaron Rodgers and Brady Quinn. He went, that is not he has happening. Gone from the consensus number two quarterback to number four now. Because that puts that him was anywhere in September. The top 10. That was in September before Mac Jones did what he did. Where was Joe Burrow in August of 2019? Nowhere to be found on the draft board. He he balled out. And listen. Justin Fields, at the end of the day, however you want to break it down, is still an Ohio State quarterback. They haven't had a great one since. Yeah, I'm still waiting. Go. <laughs> oh, we're really playing the, the school position bias game now? Listen, you called out Michigan that. earlier. You called out Michigan. Michigan does Michigan things no matter who they have. Well, hey, Ohio is State quarterbacks do Ohio State quarterback been, things working on that. no matter who it is. He's been waiting to say something like that. Yeah, I think it's more of your. I mean, you bring up a good point. I don't think he's underrated or overlooked. I think it's more of a disrespected thing. And just look at the people that have jumped him. You brought up Mac Jones, who we have. Thank God we haven't talked about him. But on he the hasn't show for the jumped first time. him. No one has. Do Mac we know Jones. that? Because guess what? When when the 49ers made that trade to number three, the initial report was they were going to get either Trey Lance or Mac Jones. So you don't know that the Jets don't take Fields at two. Oh, they well. Here's, I'm just going off of what the experts oh, say. And thank the ex, you. The okay, ex, stop right there. On, Mac Jones. On. Who has Mac Jones being drafted in front of Justin Fields? I a give lot me of a name. Do at this give point. me a name. I've seen give a lot a of name. mock drafts where, where Mac Get Jones goes number here. three. I didn't see any, and I've seen a ton since like January. You ain't read those mock drafts, but no. Let's be realistic. Zach Wilson has definitely leaped him. He's number two. The Jets basically came out and said the number two pick is his to lose. Trey Lance if not equal, has jumped him because you just said the 49ers are interested in him. He's the pick at number three. I think a lot of people feel that way. And if it's not Trey Lance, I think there's a, there's a small percentage that it could be Mac Jones. Like Mac Jones has risen up further than Zach Wilson has. He is the number four quarterback at this point. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence have been one and two battling for that ever since they came out of high school. To me, Justin Fields ain't really done nothing to not be the number two quarterback in this draft. He just put on an amazing pro day the other day. You were just joking about it with me off air. Oh, some scout texted somebody saying it was the best quarterback workout they had seen in a while. Exactly. Even with, so even with how all is he that, being, how is he being that, underrated? He is still considered the third or fourth best quarterback. And if he's the number four, there's no guarantee he goes in the top five. Listen, That's disrespectful. Like some, Justin some, Fields beat Clemson, outplayed Trevor Lawrence. He got outplayed again in the, in the national championship game. And he went to the national championship game. Like, he, okay, they didn't win. Trey Sermon, who you just put up on a pedestal as being the reason they won an important game, he left in the first series. Like, Justin Fields was out there by himself against the Alabama defense that is loaded. Like, what more do you, what more do you want Justin Fields to do? Like every time I want him to do something, he steps up. Oh, does he? Does he? What do you, what do you, what did he step up at Georgia? Actually, it got a little too hot and he left. Mac Jones didn't do that. He sat behind her. He sat behind Tua. Smart's an idiot. No, no. He chose Jake Fromm over the franchise. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter because the, okay. So it's his fault that he wants to get to the league and he knows if I got to sit behind a future third string NFL quarterback, I'm not going to get drafted. You got to go somewhere where he can play. Mac Jones did. nothing to do with him. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Smart didn't want to rock the boat. See, this is the thing with you. You have this idea, and you can't listen to anything else. Mac Jones sat behind two first. That's Mac Jones, though. 
Mac jo- Mac Jones. There's the disrespect Mac, no, right no. there. Next, okay, so let's Mac, go. So Mac, That's so disrespectful. Jones That's was disrespectful. On the, it was on the NFL radar the way Justin Fields was when he when he went to Georgia. Absolutely not. Mac Jones knew that when he went to Alabama, he was going to sit and he was going to use playing at Alabama to create any draft stock that he got. Justin Fields already had it when he went to Georgia, and if he knew if he stayed there, he would no longer have it. Two totally different situations. I'm not disrespecting Mac Jones. A competitor? Them. A competitor? How how can we not compare them? That's well, what, that is let the whole point question. of this draft. Well, let me ask you a that question. is the I'll, whole I'll, point of this draft. I'll put it like this. I'll put it like this. We'll do, That's we'll disrespectful we'll to Mac real, Jones. We'll I hope life. Mac Jones sticks it to you in the NFL. I, I would be does. so he beats the Dolphins in the AFC title game four years in a row. Oh, that would be so great! Please, Mac Jones, and I hope the Dolphins draft yeah, Justin say, Fields you, and Mac you Jones. All this, you said all this, but if Mac Jones went to the Steelers, you'd be pissed off right now. You ain't got that much faith in no, him. No, no, I wouldn't. I would be happy. The problem I would have is why bring back Big Ben because. That's only putting us back a year because you brought Big Ben. Mac Jones is ready to play. Play. Bottom line, Mac Jones never thought he was going to be a top 10 pick when he went to Alabama. He went to Alabama so that he could get that, that stock in his name. Justin Fields knew he was going to be a top so five pick. Justin Fields had no faith in himself that he could outplay Jake Fromm. Nah, that, that's business. what it sounds he like knew, to me. He knew Fromm wasn't going to get benched. Ran from competition. He Ran knew from Fromm wasn't going to get benched. Call it what you want. But I'm glad you brought the Steelers. Can we talk about them? Yes, please do. I'm sick of the Dolphins, and I'm sick of All this right, so quarterback. Let's, let's talk, talk about a guy who's a bigger hater than you, and that's Ryan Clark. So, as we know, uh, Juju You are the biggest hater of all. I ain't a hater like you or Ryan Clark. But, you know, Juju resigned with the Steelers on a one-year deal. Uh, I think it was $8 million. Juju went on to say that Pittsburgh is his home, and he referenced the Wolf of Wall Street line, <laughs> saying that he's not going anywhere, and um, it would take a wrecking ball to take him out of there. Of course... Your residential hater, Ryan Clark, was not convinced, saying that Juju's display of loyalty is inauthentic. Clark also said that you aren't Pittsburgh-like, whatever the hell that means. You don't really act like a stealer. You agree or disagree with this? I I disagree. Listen, I I do believe Juju is that stealer type. And um, I think his loyalty is is pretty authentic because he plays tough uh, like a stealer. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean he's, look, he's a go, he's probably one of the most physical receivers right. in the league. Go ask Vontez Perfect. All right, uh, he's a reliable receiver in the clutch in clutch moments for the most part. Every everyone has their drops or a fumble. And while the money wasn't there, he could have went JT to Kansas City on a one year deal. Boy, get his stock. <laughs> get what's that? His deals weren't that much better. I think the deal in KC was right about eight million. They were all well, the same. But no, what I'm saying is. Because the money was still close, he could have went to KC, got his stock back up more, you know, easier because he's playing with Patrick Mahomes in that offense, and he has a better chance to even win a Super Bowl in KC. I disagree City with you on Pittsburgh. that. I, I think going to KC seems like it's better, but if you're getting the same offers from everybody else, why not go back to the situation you know where you're be learning a new system in KC, working with a new quarterback, go to what you know in Pittsburgh. And you know that you have a chance to have a role there. So and, and if I'll you're going to rehab his stock, do it in pit. And I'll tell you why he should have went to Kansas City. He got Tyreek Hill on one side, Kelsey in the middle. You always say it, you always say it yourself. It's kind of like the basketball thing. Well, you know, someone's got to score the points. Well, in this case, they double cover those two guys. Guess where the ball's got to go? To I don't know. Maybe uh, Nicole Hardman, uh, Byron Pringle. Please, please. those guys have had their they've had their chances. Plus, he can easily win a Super Bowl ring. So now, now he has said all along, though, despite what Ryan Clark says that he wanted to stay in Pittsburgh, he signed the contract of what his mouth was saying. So I got to believe he's a Pittsburgh guy. Yeah, I disagree with Ryan Clark, too. At this point, I want to know, does Ryan Clark even like the Steelers? Because I feel like all he does is like bash players on the team. Like he don't like Ben. He didn't like he didn't like A.B. He didn't like Le'Veon. Now he don't like Juju. And he said he doesn't act like a Steeler. For all the reasons you said, I disagree with him on that, too. I would like him to come out with a rule book of this is how to act like a stealer and everybody got to follow that. Basically, you mad at him because he's not acting like he was he played in the 80s. Like, OK, he's a he's a kid. He's what? I don't even, Is he 21 yet? I think he I think he may have just turned it. But, yeah, he was one of the youngest players yeah, in was, that he draft. Was 19 when he was balling out, like give him a break. Mm-hmm. Like 
He's a kid. Football players today are going to act different. Like, okay, is it his fault that he knows how to use social media when Ryan Clark couldn't even spell TikTok? He doesn't even know how to get on the app. Like, this just sounds like old guy, get off my lawn, just mad that he's not doing it the way that Ryan Clark would do it, which is nothing to say. Ryan Clark was a serious, tough dude. It worked for you. Don't mean Juju got to do it that way and doesn't mean it makes him any less of a stealer. Also, too, I feel bad for Juju, and I disagree with it from, like, the Steeler fan perspective because I feel like I hear other Steeler fans say, like, oh, you know, like, he's not serious. All he does is care about his brand, like, the dancing. Yeah, he cares about that, but he also cares about playing football, too. You already said, if not one of the most physical receivers in the league, and the dude comes out and competes every game, and it's not his fault that, one – he, you guys don't want to use him as a number one receiver. You didn't use him this year. And last year, Ben got hurt and his, his stats slipped. And I feel like because he hasn't produced, people think he doesn't care. And that's not fair. And that, those are two reasons, JT, why I thought he should have went to Kansas City. The Ben possible injury and not being able to throw it down downfield and the way the Steelers use him. But I, I got to disagree a little bit with, with what you're saying regarding the Steeler fans because – I I do think you're right that, yes, he cares about playing and winning, and, yes, he does care about his brand. The problem with the Steeler fans, which I kind of see what the Steeler fans are saying, is it seems like he puts his brand over the football. It's not that he doesn't care about the football. Of course he does. But I feel like they feel like, hey, when you're doing that before a game, knowing what happened the previous week and you do it again, now you're making it more about – the brand myself's more important than the team or the winning part of it. And that's where the, that's where the issue is. Not that he, that he doesn't care. Of course he does. We know I that. hear what you're saying, but I call it BS because the, let's just say, I'm assuming the dancing is his like pregame ritual. That's how he gets in the zone. Pl- players have things they do all the time. On the logo, it's though. because it's because he's not producing that they have a problem. Like, no. like, he could be he could be he could be doing a whole music video before before the game. But if he were out there leading the league and receiving yards and touchdowns and receptions like they would not care. It's the same thing like LeBron, like LeBron does stuff before every game that is for, they can say is for attention. But you know why people don't say anything about it? Because it's LeBron. He goes out there and wins. It's because Juju didn't produce and him not producing it is kind of not his fault. Like well, I said, you. Unless you're LeBron, you're not allowed to do it. Come on. Hey, I'll tell you what. That, we'll, that's a we'll, terrible watch comparison. This, watch this. Come on. Juju Juju does the same thing this year, upcoming, that he did last year, dancing before every game. And if he if he is a Pro Bowl player, you won't hear a peep from the Steelers Again, fans. There's no problem dancing. If that's what gets you into the game, gets your mind right, please do it, but not on the logo. That was the issue. If you're doing it, if you're doing it at the 45 yard line and the other team has a problem, 45, just not the 50, not, not, not 46 on in because that's where the logo is. <laughs> I don't know. What's, I don't know what's worse. The fact that you gave that old man rule or the fact that you do how far the logo was. <laughs> no, but I don't think it's old man rule. It's more respect for your teammates because, old Hey, man rule. Hey, because, okay, hey, guess what? I'll if tell you, you what, hey, guess I'll what? tell you, you what? what, Hey, guess what? Perfect, perfect way, and we'll, we'll move on. Bengals handled that the perfect way. Oh, you want to dance on our logo? Okay, we'll just blow you up during the game. But Do that, it. But that's my point, is you're giving them extra fuel. They was going to blow relates- up anyways, the NFL. But you act, the- okay, you act like, all right, you got like NFL defenders are back there like this. You know what? All right. All right, Juju didn't dance on the logo for the game. Well, he lucky. He's about to blow his ass up if he let, did. No, they're going to try to kill him anyway. Let, let me just say this. You and I played – Flight Football League together. Oh, this has got to do anything. We played a game against college all-stars. And we were, you know, uh, after our 30s. What if I was going to go in the middle of the field, just First of dance, all, you would, just dance kind of call them out? The exactly. See? That's <laughs> exactly You wouldn't have my back. You wouldn't have my back. And you well, knew once I did Come that. You knew that once I did that, it was game over for our team. Because if I did that, that other team was going to be so pissed and fired First of all, up. If you, we were if you do it any type of dancing publicly before a game, if anything, that's an art best because that shit is distracting as hell. <laughs> See, just no respect over here. No respect. All right, let's let's just move on to basketball. We've we've talked enough about football. Damn, NBA you know trade. What? I should I should have just had you doing weird dances before the games. I didn't. I feel like I didn't. I didn't use you right. On our team, it, it, offensively. It, 
Oh, you did. You did the two yard out routes. That was perfect for nah, you. I should have had you dancing before the game. That would have started freaking people out. <laughs> All right. So yeah, you're about six years too late, bud. So NBA trade deadline was oh, last week. Wouldn't have lasted that long doing that anyway. And it was a busy day around the association. My Orlando Magic led the way with trading. Uh, three of their key players in what is now a clear rebuild in the Magic Kingdom. Other teams, unlike the Magic, made trades for a playoff push. Time will tell if those moves will pay off here down the stretch. But JT, a couple questions. First one, which team do you feel won at the trade deadline? It's got to be the Bulls because they got the best guy available. It's Vooch. And they did that while keeping Zach Levine marketing and kobe white they gave up nobody they want for the future and they shipped off the guys they didn't want in porter and uh wendell carter so easy win for them i mean they did have to give up a first round pick too i i had them running down but i also had this team the denver nuggets they got one of the other guys from orlando aaron gordon now gordon's not going to help them that much offensively even though he he's still a good piece to have offensively but like what you said they didn't have to give up Really, any of their core players, they do give up a pick, but it's going to end up being a low pick because they're winning. They did give up R.J. Hampton, but that was really the only piece they gave up. Yeah, really. I mean, they, they shipped out Gary Harris. They kept Bobo. So, and, and the thing with Aaron Gordon, though, is why I say they're winners, his defense. He's going to help when they got to play the Lakers and LeBron and Kawhi and the Clippers. Yeah, Gordon is that guy. I don't know if you can put him on all 48 minutes on those guys, but he's going to be able to at least make those guys work because he's he's a stud on defense and athletically he can compare to those guys. Yeah, he can cover one through five and now they don't have to hide Porter Jr. He can actually focus on offense. There we go. That's what I like to hear because I have him on my fantasy team. So which team, in your opinion, do you feel lost at the trade deadline? I feel like a lot of teams lost because there were more moves. Also, in this, are we allowed to, like, count, like, the buyouts, too? Sure. All right. Um, It's a toss-up. So, the Pelicans, to me, I think are the biggest loser because they didn't move Lonzo Ball. And I don't understand why. He clearly didn't want to be there. They had been acting like they were going to shop him for a year and a half now. And you're trying to tell me nobody wanted Lonzo? I mean, he's played well this year when he's been on the court. So, now he's there. It's awkward. His daddy's still there talking saying he don't want to be there. I just don't know how they play with that. So, and then the Knicks didn't make any moves too. I thought, I thought they would make a, a big splash. It's funny you say the Knicks. I didn't write them down, but I did read somewhere where they said maybe they were a winner because they didn't make a move. Yeah. They didn't mess anything up. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't even go after, you know, like Andre Drummond and a buyer yeah, or anything, like we're trying to get true, Zach but, Levine. But maybe they butcher that too. I, I'm going to say it was the Celtics. Um they lost out on Gordon. They lost out on Vucevic. Yes, they did bring in Evan Fournier, but... So that worked out 0 for I, 10 from the feet. I don't think that they upgraded their team, whereas, you know, the Heat did, a couple teams in the West did, and the Celtics are right there, and they just... I, I don't know. It was kind of just like blah. So I'm going to go with Celtics. Um What's the one sneaky trade that was made that's not getting enough attention, but you feel like, man, that was a solid move? So this trade happened before the deadline. So it was your boy, Hamido Diallo. They traded him from OKC to the Pistons. And I'm not going to even try to pronounce the guy who they got in return. It was Svi, whatever. But they only gave up a second round pick to get Diallo. And I don't really understand why OKC traded him because – they're in rebuild, rebuild mode with these young players anyway. He's technically a young player. And you look at the numbers when he did the fill-in starts for the, for the Thunder. What, he had 16 points a game, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 1.6 steals, 0.6 blocks, uh, a half a triple, and uh, 44% shooting. That's a good player if you give him minutes. So now you get him in Detroit, you only give up a second-round pick. They already say he's a part of their future. He's played three games, I believe, there so far. He's already averaging 12 and 6 in limited minutes. Once he ramps up to the 30-minute mark, I, I don't even know what his numbers will be because I think he's the type of guy, he's young. When he's a focal point, he can put up numbers. So to get a guy that's a starter like that for nothing, that's got to be a good move. That's a great call. That that I, I'm, I'm going to admit, admit this here. 
that may be better than what I've got right here. So I don't, I don't admit that all the time. I'm going to go the Atlanta Hawks picking up your dude, Lou Will. Lou Williams. <laughs> they, only, they gave up Rondo, who's been hurt. They're currently the number six seed, JT. Like, it's crazy to think they're, they're the six seed now. So they're in the playoffs, and they just gave a boost to their second unit. So now they got Lou Will out there along with Gallinari. Both of those guys can score and make mm-hmm. plays, and that's their second unit. So, I mean, I've got to like that for the Hawks because right now they're in the playoffs, and that's going to, I think, keep them in the playoffs um, in the top eight. And then we can see from there. Lou Will's got that experience, too. So I'm glad you brought up the Hawks. So I'll go back to the previous question, who won. They're my honorable mention because I like the Lou Williams deal because he was saying that he was so mad about getting traded from the Clippers that he was considering retiring. So you know that he's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to show them I can still play. He's going to try to ball out in the six-man role that he's comfortable with. Also, I don't know how they got the Clippers to take on Rondo's contract. Like, that contract is terrible. So – well, I think the Clippers are actually going to use him, and they feel like they, you know, that, point guard that they healthy. need him. Yep, yep, they do. All right, so at the beginning, we said that somehow uh, March Madness didn't make it into the show. That was half true. We're just not going to talk about the men, but we are going to talk about the women's Final Four. So the Baylor Bears women's head coach, Kim Mulkey, said during her, pers- her post-game press conference, oh, I can tell I'm getting to the end of this show, uh, after losing to UConn, that the final four games that the NCAA needs to dump the COVID testing. And she said that you just need to forget the COVID test and get the four teams playing in each final four and go battle it out. So do you agree or disagree with her that the NCAA should stop the COVID testing now that it's in the final four? I disagree for sure. I mean, college athletics are supposed to be about what, JT? And I do air quotes here, the student athlete, right? And this would totally disregard their safety. So, like, what are you talking about? Like, if they don't test the players for COVID, what? If they don't test, they don't know. Exactly. So a player now has got COVID, wasn't tested, playing in the final four. They play in the semis, they win. They play in the finals. He or she, because she was talking about both both brackets, he or she could possibly infect their teammates. And then two other teams, those teams, as well as their teammates, take it back home and it spreads. I mean, th- what a terrible idea not to it's test. Irresponsible. Like, it, it, that's a great word for it. Irresponsible. And plus, only one game, Oregon VCU, has been forfeited. So it's better safe than sorry. She's acting like there's a really good chance at this point that, you know, one of these four teams is going to have an outbreak and, and you know, they're going to have to forfeit a game. It's maybe only she happened, knows something we don't know. Maybe. It's only happened once. So why not be safe rather than sorry? And even with the testing right now, you, you know, the men and women's basketball teams have done a good job of, you know, staying in that bubble. And so in limiting the positive test. So I, I totally agree with the word you used, irresponsible. I'm just going to call it what it is. What she's basically saying is these teams have made it to the final four. We don't want COVID to determine the champion. So she doesn't want there to be a forfeit either in the final four games or in the championship game because of COVID. So basically don't test them until this is done. And then we'll just deal with the fallout after reason why that's terrible advice is because here's the thing you say that now but guess what you aren't the ncaa because guess what if they don't test in the final four and god forbid somebody has some sort of complications because you guys didn't test for COVID after the season is over guess who's getting sued ncaa are you gonna pay that that lawsuit no you're not and to me i just feel like this makes her look like a one a sore loser but also a selfish coach like you're basically saying you don't care about your player's safety. Yeah. Like, and at what at what cost do you say, all right, it's not worth, it's got to be more about, it's got to be about more than winning. Right. Like, I wouldn't trust my, my daughter to go play for her now after that because that tells me that she'll cut corners to win. Totally. And if you'll put my child's life in danger in a situation like this where if you lose because somebody catches COVID, 
you're not going to catch any slack as a coach. Like they're going to say, okay, the team caught COVID. There's nothing they could do about it. You would still be willing to bend the rules to win. I can't get with that. And I'm sure how many times do coaches walk into a high school recruits house and tell the parents, if he comes to my school with me, yep, you can trust me. I'm going to care for them as if I'm the parent. Like, I ain't sending them to Kim Mulkey's crib. I'll tell you that. All right. Let me go to my favorite segment of the show. Surprise JT. All right. So JT, you know, this happened back in March, but Bryson DeChambeau on the sixth hole at Bay Hill club. It's a par five, by the way, 555 yards. He off the tee hit a 370 yard drive in the air. And then it rolled roughly, they're saying 50 yards short of the green. So we're looking at almost a 500 yard drive with the roll. So JT got me thinking, and I wanted to ask you, what's the most impressive individual sports feat that you can recall? Well, I, I was thinking about stuff that's outside of like traditional sports. That's fine. Yeah. So um, two things come to mind. Um, you're uh, the Italian dude, um, Hans uh, Kamerlander, 61-year-old Italian guy that uh, was the fastest to climb Mount Everest. I mean, the fact that he's climbing mountains at 61, that's crazy. And he's doing it at that age without, ox- without supplemented oxygen. That's crazy to me. And then um, I forgot her name, but the lady who she was old, I think she was in her 60s. She swam from, was it Key West to Cuba? So those two right there, I mean, I can't do either of those right now. <laughs> I'm in my 30s. So those two are probably the most impressive athletic feats I've ever seen. You know, those are good ones. Basically, anytime I watch the World's Strongest Man competition, I'm just amazed. Pujanowski used uh, to be the man. No, Magnus Ver Magnuson. Come on, man. Come on. But, um, I mean, anytime they do anything, especially those big rocks, those boulders, and they're moving trucks. It's, I need to amazing. hire those guys, like, at my house. It's just, like, move stuff around. Like, I'm going to get hurt. Just for fun? No, <laughs> just, just get stuff done. I need, I, I need stuff moved. <laughs> All right. So, one last one before we go. Um, and this relates back to a Valencia midfielder, Eunice Musa, who he – is electing to represent the United States at the international level in soccer. Now, JT, the interesting thing here is he was born in New York City to Ghanaian uh, parents, but he also, not only could he have represented Ghana, he could have also represented either England or Italy along with the United States. So he could have picked from, he was basically picking from those four countries, Ghana, the U.S., Italy, and England, and he goes with the U.S. So it got me thinking, what would JT do if you were a soccer star and you could choose between playing for the U.S. national team or a powerhouse national team like, I'm just going to say Portugal, for example. Like, which team would you play for and why? At first, I wanted to say something really mean to you. I wanted to say, I know, I, I've never said this to you before, but I wanted to say this is the dumbest thing you've ever asked me <laughs> because it would be about money. But here's the thing. Um, no, no, go. Are you going to say something? No, nope. I, I honestly would probably choose the U.S. team just because it's the highest degree of difficulty. Because if you can ball out and get them to win, I feel like you'll be like one of the most popular soccer players on the planet. Yeah, I agree. Like if you if you're that amazing, like go to I would play for the US, create that legacy, start something great. You will be the greatest player ever from that country and to have played for that country. And to be honest, like there's more people in the US than in like Italy or Portugal, and it's just that's more of a following that you can get. So, I mean, I don't know. But I, I agree with you there. I can't believe we agreed, but I'd go I'd go U.S. as well. So Hold on, you would pick the U.S. over going to play, let's say, in Italy? I mean, yeah, I would. I would. Italy, Italy's got, what, four cups. U.S. has never won one, never been to a final. If I'm that great of a player and I can get them there, your legacy will live on forever. So 
And maybe, like I said, maybe you start something great where the U.S. becomes that next great powerhouse. So, all right, JT. Well, that wraps up another great animated episode. Can you say that? Sound about right? Yeah, you can call it that. <laughs> I had so many things I wanted to, to say to you, but I feel like the show would be going on if I would have got them out. Yeah, threw him off. I threw his game off. Love nah, it. I just chose I to went, be nice to I went, I went knock, knock, and you nah, let me inside nice your head. <laughs> Believe that. So remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember to please follow us on social media. Our handle, JT and the Don, we can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So JT, great episode as always to the fans and listeners out there. Thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. JT, until the next episode, see you. Peace.